Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Father, we give you thanks this morning because you know all things and we can trust you. You're a perfect God. You know the end from the beginning. And so that's why you speak to us the way you do. That's why your message always arrives and it's a timely message and it dispels the confusion and the darkness in our lives so that we not have to worry and be stressed out and end up in the wrong place with the wrong results. We pray this morning that your word would be a lamp unto our feet and we can see the expressions of your direction as you speak to us, that we would have a heart willing to receive your word and in that way our lives become an expression of your glory and not our shame. We pray, Father, that we would have ears to hear and a heart to welcome and receive and obey your word so that we can show forth a harvest that glorifies you, Lord. And I pray that this word would be like a seed planted in each heart and that it would be well grounded in good fertile soil, giving forth the fruit you desire and prosper your word in the hearts of your people, Lord. And Father, we ask that you would remove all distraction and anything that subtracts from the fullness of what you desire to come to our lives through the preaching and teaching of your word. Bless our time together and make it profitable. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We start out with the premise that there is an actual state of man's existence called emptiness and void, and loss. And men who have considered this state of being where man stands empty and at a void and at a loss is something that has been confirmed in many realms. Um, Those who treat the physical body uh, will speak on this state of being. Those in religious circles will also um, will also discuss and have aspects of man's emptiness and loss and void um, and even in the social and political realms uh, trying to deliver goods to impoverished uh, sections of humanity is also a reality and an everyday concern. And God wants us in two ways to understand. One, he is a God who, like he continued to impress on my spirit, fills all, he fills all in all of all things. Now when we get to to church or we get to hear this from a preacher's mouth that God fills all things in all places, it becomes very abstract and not very tangible. And it's just a loss for our understanding of that reality that in a real state of emptiness and void and loss and when there's the missing of the substance that would allow us to enjoy uh, something other than feelings of loss and emptiness and void, uh, there's where God wants to deposit 
ample, abundant provision of all things. And we tend to go looking for these things in many aspects. Sometimes we don't even know how impoverished we are, like that man in Revelations who goes around touting the fact that he needs nothing and that he has all things. And, and God says, if you really knew your condition, you would see that you're a wretched man and that you're naked, you're not clothed, and that you are blind, uh, you need sight. And, uh, and that's, that's a, a horrible scenario um, of thinking that you're not missing nothing. And when you believe in your mindset that you have it all, then uh, that's when you are most poor because you will not request it from the Lord. And many will come to a counselor or to a doctor and they will begin to challenge. Uh, they'll come with, with something that's a missing ingredient to the puzzle. And yet when they come into the counselor's office, they don't let the counselor speak. And they just want to express and vent their sentiment, never being able to receive what they were lacking in the first place. So God wants us to understand, and, and the, 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 the basic premise, the basic understanding today is that our entire life is hidden in the person of Christ. Colossians 3.3 says, as far as this world is concerned, uh, consider yourself dead and your life to be totally in Christ. That's, that's, that's should be the Christian approach to all things. Is that we have to die. Die. Because if you continue with your program, if we, you continue with your schedule and your agenda, then you will continue in that loss and that emptiness. But the basic premise is that our entire life has huge, huge provisions and it's hidden in Christ. Whatever we're missing, whatever's lacking, whatever there is a void of, and, and yeah, we describe it as I wish I had a, a, a lifetime partner, my wife, um, and if that was resolved, I wouldn't be void of, I wouldn't be in the state of loneliness for void of a companion. But I, I want to tell you and press upon you that, that that provision is in Christ. And Christ is the uh, one that leads you into this manner. Um, Isaiah 42.5, God constantly told his people, uh, this is what the Lord God says, and then it gives his qualifications. I've already been there and done that. I've stretched and filled the expanse of the heaven's existence, and I've stretched them out. In other words, he's filled the expanse with amazing provision, and I spread forth the earth, and I went ahead and painted the portrait of the earth and I filled it also and uh, that which comes from the earth comes through me and I'm the one who is the author of every breath you take 
and all peoples upon the earth and spirit to the, I give spirit you know if he didn't fill this body with a spirit inside of it we would just be walking around like zombies so he's a God who fills all in all and when we allow him to do that then the expressions of his glory are evident another verse in the New Testament Ephesians 1.23 says this church he created is made up of the full complete measure of by Christ and the church wouldn't be the church if Christ wouldn't have lifted every component in its existence and thus the description of the filling all in all and then it finishes up saying not only his body is the fullness of him but he is the one that fills supplies the measure of all things in all places and so we're learning that as we grow in the Lord when I first came to Christ I I might have had an issue with sin or selfishness or pride and, and he filled that void that was there but that wasn't the only void that he wanted me to allow him to fill and while he was able to bring me to a complete measure of satisfaction and wipe away all my selfishness and clear up all my personal problems, I still had a whole life ahead of me to live in many respects. So he keeps on telling the Ephesians, not only is the church the evidence of God filling all in all, but he fills all things everywhere and he is the missing substance. So Ephesians 3.9, he says it again a couple chapters down the road where he says, in order to make all men see what is the key to this gathering fellowship and ministry, which was from the beginning of the ages, has been hidden in God. And, and, and almost like God saying, I have the, the key to all things that I've created And that key to all things is Christ's capacity to fill. Who created all things by Christ's capacity to fill. And he goes on further in Ephesians 4.10, the next chapter, saying that he who came from on high descended was the very one who ascended higher to the heaven above all heavens so that now he might fill all things. So now Christ is is ready to go with the ministry he has to make sure there's no measure of lack in our lives. And the work that he's doing is there in Ephesians 4.13 where it says that the full measure of our walk in the things of God is until we come to the fullness of the measure of Christ's fill. So he's, he's going to pour on into us in the capacity we have to welcome his reality, his person, his introduction to all these things. Uh, the men of God in the Bible who learned this reality and truth, uh, somewhat like Paul writing to the Romans in chapter 15, verse 13, he says, I pray to God that 
Romans 15, 13. I pray to God, who is the source of all things, that he might fill you with all the joy you're missing and all the peace you lack as you believe in him so that you might have an abundance of all things. In Philippians 4.19, he says it the same way. He says, and this same God who takes care of me will be faithful to fill you so that you have no needs and your filling, your supply, your source will be according to the measure of the riches that are the expression of Christ's glory. And so that's why Christ from time to time would tell his people and he let them know in John 15, 5, without me, you can do nothing. There's nowhere you're going to be able to get a fill outside of me. So he's the one that gives all things to all men in every place. Acts 17, 25. He's the one that gives the measure of breath to all men. He's the measure of life that all men will receive. And he is the measure of all things to all peoples everywhere. And this is a good place where you can say amen. Amen. Because any arena where there is those sentiments of loss or lacking or the cares of this life is just the result of not having received in that area the measure of Christ. And so this is what I try and tell people all the time. You can, you can do a lot of things in this world, but if Christ is not the one who is putting your life together, you're going to have a lot of cracks in your existence. Now, I've already spoke about uh, the complexity of personal man, and um, we could start off with that depiction. Uh, ask George, come here, George. And this is a man, and I'm sure you guys will know that any measure of a man's life is full of multitudes of situations in his personal life that they will only be addressed to the capacity Christ is welcomed into his life to address those problems. And you will see the stress on his face um, in the degree that he's lacking with the personal resources of his existence. And notwithstanding, uh, one day there, there might be occasion to meet a young girl and start getting involved with the courtship. Natasha, come here. And uh, thank God that, that we can see this illustration. Well, he's going to have to deal, get on this side. He's going to have to deal with the pressures of this beautiful lady here and the only measure of his capacity to be able to address this, George, I'll tell you right now, is Christ. Because this is a deep, deep well with amazing potential and capacity. And to the degree that he's trying to address it in Macy's or Burdines or the mall, is not going to cut it. Uh, because she will learn other uh, good places to go shopping like New York and France and Paris. So the only way that you'll be able to satisfy the longings of a marriage relationship is Christ. But way before he does that, and that's down the road, so you back up a little bit, Natasha, this way, he's going to have to find out how to address his 
employment and work and profession. And, and for that purpose, um, there, there'll be somebody to represent that reality. We're going to ask uh, Louis to come here. You're going to represent his mentors and, and those that are in his life that will prepare him for his professional life right here. Because that comes before marriage. You guys get the clue? Um, so this is, this is a whole realm of, of being able to learn and, and develop and, and grasp the, the capacity to do something called provisions. But we know that in Christ, all our provisions are satisfied. So even, George, when you're going to address this aspect of your life to develop the capacity to make a living and, and learn how to uh, create resources that will come in to bless your life and your finances, you, you won't sit there and go commit suicide because you're overwhelmed by uh, the economy and by the lack of employment and all those things because it's Christ that fills all in all. Um, and so we will see and we'll ask uh, Dr. Molina come, to come here because there's an aspect of man's life that concerns, Dr. Molina, please, um, is there a doctor in the house? Um, we'll have Dr. Molina come here because if George is worried about his physical health, um, he has to, on this side, he's not, if he's not alive here, he's not going to make it to marriage right here. So this aspect of your physical health needs to be addressed. And let me tell you something, Christ is your answer. And he is the one that heals us. He's the one that makes us whole in our physical body. And, and, and many people wear strong the aspects of their physical nature to, to be able to enjoy life and to look on ahead. Um, we, we have the need for Pastor Jose to address your spiritual needs. So your spiritual devotion and worship is here. And, and, and so you see how complex life begins but again, it's Christ. It's Christ who fills all in all, and he leads man into the realm of uh, peace, joy, and righteousness. And, and many men don't understand this. Um, we'll, we'll have the aspects of the children that will come down the road, and, and we'll just ask Ian to come here. He's a, he's a son. You're going to have one of these, George? Let's, let's do a couple of them. Come here, Ethan and Brandon and Jordan. You know, you're going to have a lot of kids. And each one of these will represent a whole complexity of responsibilities that you're going to need either a lot of psychiatrists or psychologists or you're going to need Christ to fill all in all. You're going to need Christ to be able to be present and for them not to be lacking in their development as as men, um, we also have the aspects of, um, I don't know if, if, if somebody uh, can help us here, Javier, come here, what to do with all your money that you're going to make from what Louis teaches you to provide, but that's called financial uh, planning and investment development and all this stuff, and that could be a travesty if you go find an accountant. Uh, who tells you that the important thing is your 401k or your retirement account or you better not tithe because tithing subtracts from the overall, you know, if you, if you find an accountant in that regards, 
uh, I want to tell you right now that it's Christ that will supply all your needs according to his glory and riches. So in every realm that a man decides to, to live, I don't know that it would take a whole lifetime to pursue good health or a whole lifetime to be a good uh, provider or a whole lifetime to be a good husband or a whole lifetime to be a good father or a whole lifetime to be, you know, to manage your affairs well or um, we're going to ask uh, Willie, are you here? He's in the back. Then let's ask uh, Chris, come on up. And, and, and then somebody at church will, will teach you how to serve the Lord and that'll be Chris. And you're serving Christ because if you don't have a complete and whole life, then uh, the measure of all things is worthless. And so you'll see what God is trying to tell us this morning is, are you going to allow me to be in each realm of your life or are you just addressing your spiritual worship on Sundays and I'm not in any part of the other aspects and realms of your life? Um, as, we, as we come to each phase and as we, the Lord presents himself like he does in, in Revelations, uh, I believe it's Revelations 3 verse 20, where Christ says like this, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens, hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in. So we've let the Lord into our heart, but stay out of my business. We've let the Lord into our personal lives, but stay out of my marriage. We've let the Lord into our hearts, but stay out of my development. I don't want you to speak in the area of who I'm going to be as a professional, as a businessman. Uh, I've let the Lord in, you know, as a Christian, uh, but stay out of my family because in my family, I'm going to do as I want. And your kingdom is not going to be there and that lacking is going to be present or in your finances or in ministry. Let's give a big hand to our volunteers. Go ahead and have a seat. So the question that the Lord sits upon in the heavens and is trying to require of us this morning is to how will you address these areas of darkness? These areas where I'm not present, where my glory is not seen, where, there's, where the, the field is not plowed, where they have not received the seed of Christ's word, of his direction. And I want to tell you before Christ comes into any of these areas, it's going to require, and I was talking to a young man yesterday, I invited one of, the, one of our staff members to spend the day with the pastor. Ooh, that's dangerous. And so by the time he left, we says, we're going to have you married by December. And he's like, slow down, pastor. That's only one, one visit for a couple of hours. And, and, and the word of the Lord and the challenge for him is, is to get married. And, and in his natural expression, he says like this, he says, first, before this happens, pastor. And I said, no, you've already used your time. You, you have no more time. There is no more another 10 seconds, another three seconds. That's it. Time has come. It's expired. You have no more time to plan, to think about. You just have to do this. It's the next step. And he says, one thing that needs to happen, pastor, is I have to die to myself. Because I'm keeping God out of this realm of my life. And that's why it's not happening. There's still the expressions of my glory. There's still the expressions of my desire. 
And so Colossians 3, 5 has the answer for this because Christ will fill all in all even this aspect of being unable to bring Christ to the rest of who we are. And it says kill. This is like the only place in the Bible that gives you authority to kill. And it says kill, put to death everything you are, all your feelings upon the earth, all the expressions of, of you so that Christ might live. And until we do that, we're not going to see the glory of God. Until we do that, we won't see that he fills all in all. We'll continue to be beggars. We'll begin to, to uh, be prodigal sons, going to find the provisions outside of Christ. We'll run to other places, uh, to other mindsets, to other spirits. And, and it's Christ, the one that wants to deliver us from these things. So in that same manner, the death to self is a powerful expression of helping those that want to lend you a hand. I don't know if you know that there is a multi-billion dollar industry in America and it's called the self-help arena. You could go to the bookstores and there'll be shelves upon shelves upon shelves of experts in every realm asking you to follow them in addressing the needs of self when Christ has already made provision. And the provision of Christ to deal with this horrible aspect, and I'm going to tell you, out of all these things that George had to worry about, your worst enemy is you. All those other things are nothing compared to the capacity you have to destroy all those things that God wants to give you. Because he will give you health and you'll destroy it. He'll give you a wife, you'll destroy her. He'll give you children, you'll destroy them. He'll give you a profession, you'll destroy your profession. Because everything will take on the expression and the manifestation of your character. So Christ says, let's deal with this first and foremost, and let's produce for man this aspect of denying yourself in the cross so that you are crucified with Christ. You no longer live, but Christ lives in you. And because Christ lives in you, instead of you destroying your marriage, you fill your marriage. Instead of destroying your profession by worrying and the economy and the lack and the need, you will fill it because Christ is in you. And it will be the expressions of Christ's glory that follow when we crucify the flesh. And so these self-help experts, uh, many of which end up bankrupt and committing suicide because there is nothing in self that helps. Let me say it again. There is nothing in self that helps. When you look at life from your selfish advantage, you will destroy everything. And that's why the forefront of our faith is the cross of Jesus Christ. That death to self. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live for the glory of Him, the only begotten of the Father. So there is not, it's not withstanding that man has needs. And God is not challenged by the needs of man. I'm going to say it again. Man, uh, God is not challenged by your needs. In fact, many times uh, it's your needs that are the most helpful in bringing you and pastoring you into the kingdom of God. One time I asked in this congregation, how many of you are here because you had need? 
And everybody raised their hand because nobody came saying, I, I have no needs, but I just want to join a fellowship and give of the abundance I have. Everybody came because I'm here because we had needs as we were growing up and we were able to fill our, and make uh, full our needs were met when we came to Christ. And so how sad it is that we're learning these expressions little by little when in every one of these realms, and they're huge realms, a lifetime uh, would, uh, would, it would take a lifetime for us to be uh, wise stewards of our possessions and our material wealth. And guess what? We need that. Because you could have an excellent marriage, an excellent family, and have an excellent profession that if you're not a wise steward of the things that are uh, entrusted to you, your wife is going to be miserable, your kids are going to be miserable, and, and, and it also weighs heavy in other areas of your existence. Or, or you can have finances like it's the majority of the cases. Many men go out and they look for money and they find money and they have great wealth and prosperity financially, but then their son is lost into drugs. He's lost into depression. He's lost into uh, the things in this world. And that's where we learn the verse, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world? In Matthew sixteen twenty six. what good is it uh, that you would have all the material possessions and wealth and you're doing great financially and you lose your soul? And this has happened to men like him, Ernest Hemingway and Kurt Cobain from the rock group Nirvana and the onslaught of men like Howard Hughes who money wasn't a problem but he couldn't get out of bed because of the diagnosis of depression, of bipolar, psychological, mental diseases. And the Lord is the one that's going to come and meet our, our provisions at, at levels that are incredible. So we start out with the first need that man will have, and it's in regards to the natural. Our faith, if it did not address the natural, we would be the most miserable of all men. In other words, if our faith did not deliver our expectation, we are to be most pitied amongst men. Uh, whether it is a house, a car, food, clothing, uh, the provisions of our necessity, like in America, one of the needs is having a television. How horrible it is that we have the vast expanse of material provisions and we walk around like if we are poor, beggarly, uh, lower level humans. We ride upon the financial blessings of being over 80% of the world's population. The best transportation they have in a normal home anywhere in the world is a bicycle. And you have dad's car, you have mom's car, you have your car, and you want another car. And that doesn't show anything but physical poverty in our need of things we really don't need, but God is faithful to provide. And he will not only provide on the physical plane, the house, the car, the food, the clothing. I, I, I don't go to bed at night without thanking God for my mattress, you, you have to understand that some people in the world do not sleep on a mattress. And yet, uh, some will, will take their lives because they don't have an iPod or an iPad or a, a flat screen television. Notwithstanding, God is a provider. And you could shout amen if you know that to be true. Amen. With that amen, you don't, you, you're not giving justice to the provisions of God. You shout amen that God has been a faithful provider. 
a little bit better. You shout amen because God has abundantly provided all things. And the giving of thanks in that man who bestows all things to all people um, in the physical needs, his name is Christ. The multiplying of fish and bread, the giving the sight to the blind, healing the sick, allowing the walk to use their legs. All this is found in Christ. If you haven't had the wherewithal to trust Christ for physical provision, do so. Just like he says, he's knocking. If you open the door, welcome God into that aspect of your physical health and the needs that you have physically. And in that regards, if that was the only thing men needed, then everyone should be happy. But we know that there is an inner substance in the existence of man that he could have a mansion, he could have a summer home, he could have a, a huge bank account, he could have investments, he could have jewelry, he could have cars, multiple uh, possessions, and, and still the weight and the anguish of the soul is coming out daily in his walk. He doesn't take a day off because now he has what he doesn't need, right? You have $100,000 in the bank, you didn't have anything. When's the last time you said, I'm going to take today off to go take a walk in the park because I have provision for tomorrow. And the promises of God is to give us our daily bread, yet he's given us bread for months and we still do not take time off. We still do not slow down. We still do not stop to worry. So I invite you this morning to allow Christ to fill all in all. And do what it says in 1 Peter 5, 7, where you cast all your concerns upon him. And we ask the question, why would I do that? And it's because of the answer. You cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. He got your back. He's more concerned about you being taken care of than you are. He's taking care of things you wouldn't even start knowing how to take care of. And so the Amplified Bible says it like this, casting the whole of your care, which includes your anxiety, your worries and concerns upon him. For he cares for you affectionately and he cares about you watchfully. So man sits there and watches the the monitor of the heartbeat of a patient in the hospital. This is what God is doing. He hears your every sigh. He hears and knows the weight of your soul. And so he gives you the invitation, knowing that your necessity is not only a physical one, it's not only a material one, it's an inner soul level reality. And that's where he doesn't say, I can't help you there, I'm only here on a physical realm. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, the invitation is, come to me, all of you who are um, burdened and heavy laden, all of you who are overworked. All of those that are stressing out and and are overwhelmed. And I will give you rest. Well, Lord, uh, where is it that you're going to give me rest? And then he goes on in verse 29 to say, If you learn how to take my yoke and you learn how to follow me, being gentle and lowly in heart, being humble, I have provisions for your soul. I have provisions for the real you inside of that exterior physical reality. You are a living soul. And I want to bring refreshing to that soul. 
recreation. I want to quiet your soul. And the picture is of a baby who is desperate, finally given to the, the sustenance of the milk he longs for and is hungry for. He wants to give you that. And that will cause your depressions to disappear, your inner conflict and complex to disappear. The issues of happiness and sadness will be resolved. And it's not in the, in, in the realm of the material. It's, it's the man who is wealthiest is not the man who needs the most. It's the man who needs the less. The man who is content. And contentment is not saying, well, if I had, then I would be content. Contentment is I, what, with what I already have. This is, the Lord showed me that one day. I woke up in the morning and, and I realized that I had a lot of longings of, about many things that are missing. I'm like, if, if this aspect of my life is resolved and this issue would be settled, then I would be happy. And the Lord says, no, my friend, my provision for you is perfect. And in this state... In this state, in this time, everything you have has been the vast glories of my faithfulness. You need nothing more than what you have right now. And you don't want to find yourself thinking that that thing that's missing when it comes into your life and tries to fill that void of your lack of contentment and then start blaming it for not being able to do so. So that day I I said, Lord, I am living out the best of your plans for this day. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. Not waiting for anything because in God and in Christ, all things are mine. And as they develop, uh, the, the aspects of my life will begin to shed light instead of darkness. So Psalm 23, 3, the psalmist also writes in the Old Testament addressing the inner man saying, Lord, you're the one that refreshes my soul. Psalm 23, 3. You're the one that repairs. You're the one that addresses those longings, those inner longings. Uh, How horrible it is for a wife to look into the face of her husband with, with longing expectation of a missing ingredient. Wife, you don't need anything from your husband. Christ is what you need. To be filled in his presence, there's pleasure forevermore. There's the bounty of his grace of abundance. You will be able to to begin to to reverberate and manifest he who fills all in all. The the outpouring when when you're filled, the expressions of of being filled to full measure. Psalm 147.3, he heals the brokenhearted. He goes deep into our lives through his spirit, addressing the matters of the soul so that we can talk about the goodness of God. And we could say like Isaiah 61.1 says, it's that spirit that's upon me. It's a spirit that, that has filled me, has addressed every aspect of my life. I have heard through Christ that I have the provision, the good news of, of the provision of all things to those who are poor. He came to address the matter of the broken heart, which is the inner man. He came to express the outer liberties of opening prison doors and and restoring those who have physical issue. And so 
That is great that we have a God who fills all in all, not only the exterior provisions of man in its full context wherein which you invite Christ in, but also in the soul, which is your inner man. And then there's the issues of your spiritual needs. Because I've seen men that have, you know, a complete um, capacity to have received the physical uh, legacy of wealth and material possessions and need nothing. They have perfect health. Uh, they, they, they have no uh, anguish of the soul. This is what David says. These men don't even anguish at the soul level. But then God reminds them, that's not the end of the story, my friend. There is a spiritual context of who we are. And how sad it is that that is the last one we address. That is the first one that reflects all else. Because everything in your life reflects the poverty of your spirit. And so we need God to heal our spirit. And in order to heal our spirit from this aspect of sin, which so heavily taxes our lives. In James 5.16, he says, you better learn how to begin to bring Christ in your life so you can confess to one another your faults so that you can pray that you might be healed and restored. There needs to be a spiritual aspect to your development and not everything just on the physical or the soul level. Bring prayer into your life. Um, as we address these things, Christ wants us to know this morning and this is the secret of Matthew 6.33, that as we seek first the kingdom of God, and we found right in that kingdom, then all things shall be added. Everything falls in line when Christ is allowed to fill all in all through his spirit. If we're sensitive to his voice, if we allow him to instruct us in our ways. So let's stand this morning because I think I am done. And I, that's the best I've been able to do with what the Lord desires us to know. That he is a world-changing God who fills all in all. And I want to now appeal to you to ask that you would welcome him in every area of your life. That you would see the vast expanse of his glory as he fills every nook and cranny, every little place, every where there's the descriptions of things that are ugly and smelly and things that are upside down, introduce Christ and tell him, Lord, please fill this area of my life. Fill, 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 Lord. Let your spirit fill. Uh, And it it goes in every area of life and, and as practical as you can make it. I had a gardener come over to my house and he stops in the middle of the road and he says, excuse me, sir, I notice your palm tree is dead. I said, what? He goes, yeah, it's dead. You see, it's there on the outside, but it's really dead in the inside. And I said, wow, this guy's good. And I said, you know something? We have something that cures death and it's Christ. In him is the life. And his life was the light of men. So I put my hand on my palm tree. I said, Lord, could you fill this palm tree with your life? And that was about three years ago, and it's still alive. And that's just a practical example of the realities of what God is speaking to other men. They're going to think you're crazy. What do you mean? The economy is down. Everything is dead. Nothing lives. And then, God, you come into the house of God today, and you say, Lord, let it not be my life that is glorified, but you be glorified. 
in my life, you be glorified. You fill me, Lord. As we sing this song, I want you to bow your heads and to genuinely invite Christ, genuinely invite Christ to every aspect of who you are and where you stand and what is yours and the promises that are upon your life and let him fill all in all. In Jesus' name. strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. 